to Old Testament Studies and Unacademic Modern History. My name is Nick, and my goal is to bring Old Testament scholarship from the ivory towers of academia to the common language of every podcast listener. I want to break down the technical conversations and methods of analyzing the Old Testament so that everyone can be involved in the academic conversations about what the Old Testament is, where it came from, and what its message is. Each episode, I want to look at the life and academic contributions of one modern Old Testament scholar to understand how their ideas developed and show their impact on our understanding of the Old Testament. My goal here is not to be comprehensive or to have the final word on Old Testament scholarship or historical figures. I want to present the conversations and developments in the most clear and accessible ways that I can so that you can have a foundation to dig deeper into subjects or people that interest you. For the first episode, I think it is helpful to start the podcast by defining the parameters, especially when the area of study is pretty specific. My intention here is to talk about the history of Old Testament scholarship, but in a way that everyone will understand. This is not strictly for the initiated academics, though I hope a scholar could get something out of it. I am also not interested in discussing the application to your life or how the Old Testament points to Jesus or any range of similar topics. There are many great podcasts out there that will present spiritual teachings and life applications, but this is not one of them. I want to be one step higher in the academic range here. I personally am a Christian and a pretty theologically conservative one, but I will try not to let that affect how I discuss viewpoints that I might not necessarily agree with. So this is probably the right time to warn you that I will be discussing viewpoints that may not align with traditional Christian views. For example, I will be discussing Wellhausen's documentary hypothesis, which has been a watershed moment in Old Testament scholarship. And Wellhausen claimed that the first five books of the Old Testament, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, the first five books were not written by Moses, but by different groups of people with different agendas at different times throughout the Israelite monarchy. In other words, after David and Solomon lived. These were then assembled, these bits and pieces of writings were then assembled by an editor much later and reflect the desires for legitimacy from these different groups. I'm not advocating for this viewpoint, but I do want to give it a fair treatment and acknowledge that it has been hugely influential in Old Testament studies. So these are the types of people and ideas that I will be discussing throughout our podcast journey. So, what do I mean by modern Old Testament studies? 
I explained why it's unacademic, but I think modern Old Testament studies also needs to be explained. I know that these are all loaded words, but I did use them intentionally. Modernity has all kinds of strings attached. Many see in this the historical bias that we have carried since the Enlightenment era that all people previous to 1600 or so were primitive and perhaps just stupid and ignorant. I do not want to fall into that category. The sheer brilliance of medieval and ancient thinkers cannot be understated. I do not want to slight them in any way. I study the Old Testament after all. I love ancient thought. However, I do want to acknowledge the sea change that happened during the early modern period in the 1600s. Many Christian thinkers studied the Old Testament previous to that, and many Jewish thinkers studied the Tanakh previous to that time as well. For any Christians listening, Tanakh is an acronym for the Hebrew words Torah, Nevi'im, and Ketuvim. These words mean law, prophets, and writings. And so they are the same books as the Protestant Old Testament. Uh, most common, you've probably heard the word Torah referring to the books of Moses, the law. Um, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Uh, but the other two sections are prophets and writings. Anyways, anyways off, off track. But the point here is that before the 1600s, most authors focused on the theological significance or the practical use of the Old Testament and less on what we would call the historical critical method or what was called at the time higher criticism. Part of this is from the influence of the church in society at the time, and part of it is the introduction of rationalist ideology in the Western world. Uh, many of the writers and thinkers that we will be discussing, at least from the 1600s through the early 1900s, are going to come from Europe and America, the Western world. It is a different place in modern scholarship, but the early period was very much dominated by those groups. For those of us who do not have immediate connections with random dates, let us think about what happened by the time of the early modern period in the 1600s. So Columbus landed in the Americas in 1492. Colonization and international trade was taking off by the 1600s. The East India Company, both Dutch and British, were founded in just after 1600 and were booming by the mid-1700s. On the religious side, the Reformation happened in the 1500s. King Henry VIII split from the Catholic Church in 1534, creating the Anglican Church. In the early 1700s, people like John Locke and Isaac Newton were writing, and Enlightenment and rationalist thought held sway. People believed that humans could overcome anything by reason and logic 
and humans were the rational animal. Philosophical thinking was the highest form that humans could aspire to. Remember also, at the end of the 1700s, a few colonies decided to break up with their major label and go independent. That would be the place I am from, the United States. And rationalist and enlightenment thought is all over the early American documents. Read our Declaration of Independence or Constitution and you will see rationalist and enlightenment thought. Um, we are endowed with our creator with certain inalienable rights. Language. So the point being, there are major shifts in European religious and philosophical landscape at the time. I'm not very interested in discussing that philosophical background. Uh, and the early modern period has a lot of changes in the philosophy and thought and even academic environment. But I do want to point out that there is a very clear correlation between prioritizing rationality and science and the dissection of theological texts. Like everything else, there are positive aspects to this and some very questionable and honestly detrimental effects of this rationalist and enlightenment thought. My goal right now is just to put the change in biblical studies in the 1600s into perspective. There were a lot of deep philosophical, cultural, and political changes happening around that time. So it is natural to take that shift in the Old Testament studies area as our starting point. The last part is Old Testament studies. I live in the United States. I interact with scholarship primarily from Europe and American sources, also Australian sources if we're fairly recent. And in many of these places, the term Old Testament is now frequently interchanged with the Hebrew Bible, the term the Hebrew Bible. This is an effort, and I think a good one, to look at the book on its own apart from the New Testament. It is also a way to be inclusive of Jewish, other religious, or even non-religious scholars. Far, far Far too often, scholars, and specifically Christians, as some of the ones who've really written about this field from the 1600s on, far too often, Christians and scholarship in general have brought preconceptions from cultural and religious backgrounds, particularly the New Testament, into the Old Testament text. They then interpret passages in ways that are really at odds with the context of that chapter or Old Testament book, and sometimes interpretations that are honestly outside the scope of the entire Old Testament. I am thinking of certain passages in particular where people read references to Jesus in really obscure and allegorical ways that do not seem to read the Old, text, Old Testament text appropriately or on its own terms. There are times 
when it's perfectly legitimate to bring in your New Testament ideas. But let's look at the Old Testament on its own merits first. I am a very, very big proponent of examining the text for what it says in itself before drawing in outside sources. Saying this, it sounds like I should have used Hebrew Bible in the title, right? Well, I want to acknowledge the terminology issues, but I also want to be fair to the history of scholarship. Traditionally, in Europe and the U.S., scholars studied the whole Christian Bible, and many of the early academics would have used the term Old Testament. Scholarship continuously fractures into smaller and smaller pieces. So at one point, a scholar could write competently and stay up to date on all of the literature of the whole Christian Bible, theology, Semitic languages, and archaeological discoveries. In the early 1900s, many scholars would be devoted to just the Old Testament texts, Semitic language, and archaeology, because so much literature and so many archaeological advances were happening, it was impossible to be up to date on all of the subjects. In the past 50 years, the archaeology of Bronze and Iron Age Israel, that is the time of the Old Testament, has become increasingly separated from the theological and textual study of the Old Testament. Again, the advances in all of those areas are happening so rapidly, it is impossible to follow all of them. And now, current day, it is possible to focus most of your career on just the books of the law, or the Old Testament historical texts, or maybe even just the prophets. As scholarly focus narrows, terms like Hebrew Bible become more appropriate because you are only studying the Hebrew Bible. But early in the history of scholarship, this does not fit so well. So I'm using Old Testament to be inclusive of these earlier scholars, since that's really where we're going to start. As we begin, we will look at scholars who studied a broad range of topics. I will try to focus on their Old Testament research, but some of them intertwine multiple subjects in ways that current scholarship just doesn't do. So I'll have to look more broadly at biblical studies instead of just the Hebrew Bible, like I'll be able to when we get to later periods of scholarship. I hope this has piqued your interest in the history of modern Old Testament studies. In the next episode, I will be discussing what I mean by the historical critical method and the older term, higher criticism. This is the type of analysis that brought biblical studies into the modern scholarly conversation that we find ourselves in. Scholars began asking questions like, did Moses really write the books traditionally attributed to him? What do we make of the different genres of literature? 
How was the text received or altered by successive generations? Once we have this background in methodology, we will begin to examine the major scholars in early Old Testament studies and eventually trace the developments into the current areas of research today. Hopefully this will be enlightening as you read the Old Testament yourself, hear about it maybe in a church or synagogue service, do your own independent research of academics and all of the intricacies and arguments that go along with that. But more on this coming soon. Join me in a couple weeks for what is the historical critical method. Thank you for listening to Old Testament Studies, an unacademic modern history. If you'd like to contact me with episode ideas, questions, comments, or just deeper discussion about Old Testament or ancient Hebrew linguistic scholarship, feel free to email me at modernoldtestamentstudies at gmail.com. Again, thanks for listening.